to another edition of Welcome back to another edition of the Football Goonies Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seplick. You can find me at my new Twitter handle, at the FF Goonie. First of all, I want to thank you guys for listening to the inaugural episode. A lot of good feedback. Uh, Appreciate the appreciation. And now on to the show, episode 1.02, Tradepocalypse! On today's show, we're going to cover uh, a lot of the trades that have been going on the last couple of weeks since you guys are completely bored. Uh, Then we're also going to look at uh, each team after that and see how they fared in the trades and give my league rankings, both positionally and as a franchise. As always, take my rankings with a grain of salt because they're just my opinions and not facts. So with that said... Trampocalypse! <laughs> Dear God, that might be the greatest drop of all time. So, welcome to Trade Apocalypse. Like I said before, way too many trades happened, and and I'm gonna do my best to try to parse through them. So, we'll kind of take them in order as they happened. Starting with uh, the first trade of the post-draft season, which took place between... And the Frenchies. Brian sent over to Axel the, uh, I guess, only way to put it is the pick that was to spite me of Joe Flacco in exchange for the Seahawks. Now, this was a... No-brainer move for Axel. I mean, the Seahawks are on the downturn as it is, and quite frankly, would have been dropped. So why not turn it into a player at the most coveted position in the league, thanks to Brian, even if he is trash. So uh, next up, we move over to the French Cheeses, traded with uh, Team White. They moved the aforementioned Flacco in exchange for Mason Rudolph. Now, this is a uh, positive move for both, I believe. Uh, Frenchie gets to build a QB for the future because his future QBs were a little weak at this point. And Chris was basically doing damage control considering uh, Janice Winston got suspended for three games and his QB depth was already suspect as that is. Uh, the only thing I would say is the value on it. I probably would have tried to at least get a low-end rookie pick to uh, make up the value, but that being said, I understand you were kind of in a pinch. Uh, third trade on the board was between Team White and... Carry on my So this was the uh, first real trade of consequence uh, in the league. Chris White sent over Dalvin Cook, Jarvis Landry, and Kenneth Dixon um, to carry on my wayward son, or Clay, for Joe Mixon, Marquise Goodwin, and the 2019 second 
round pick in the rookie draft. Now, this one I think Clay came way out on top with. I think at this point in time we can all agree that uh, Dalvin Cook is better than Joe Mixon as far as a uh, pick. Jarvis Landry is better than Marquise Goodwin even though he has a little bit of a downgrade. And you got Kenneth Dixon on there. Um, I think it just sounded way too much for way too little, to be honest. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a near first round, second round pick. Joe Mixon was a third. And I get that Joe Mixon's most uh, close comparable uh, physically would be Le'Veon Bell. But he's got to learn patience. He's got to learn how to run. And um, it's just, it's a big question mark when, although he was injured, we know what Dalvin Cook is. And then as far as between Marquise Goodwin and uh, Jarvis Landry, I mean, Landry's shown us time and time again what he is. Marquise Goodwin finally had a little bit of success in the new Shanahan offense, but that's, I mean, a little late. I mean, he is older compared to what our perception is of him. And honestly, this uh, Browns offense is looking high-flying, and after this year, I think we're going to have the dust settle a little bit. And I think the pieces that uh, we're, we're kind of a little fearful for because, yes, there's so much potential, but there's so many mouths to feed. I think the uh, the dust settles a little bit, and I think that the pieces that remain will be a much better, higher quality than they are currently. And then uh, as far as the second-round pick, I think, if anything, you could have probably uh, asked for a first-round pick, and then this might have evened it out. But um, that being said, I, I think Clay won that one outright. So the next trick was between... And this means war, Dan Krieg. Uh, this was the first trade that really uh, kind of blew everyone away. That We couldn't actually believe that you would give away this kind of piece. And I understand what Clay's thinking was behind it. Um, that being said, I mean, you built your team to be a team to win now. And then, man, did you get rid of the best piece you had to help you win now. Uh, sending Ezekiel Elliott for Alex Collins, Josh Rosen, and DJ Moore. Uh, so let's get Alex Collins out of the way uh, first. I think Alex Collins showed a lot last year with uh, limited uh, opportunity and basically no one really believing him, in him. Um, that being said, I don't really see a future for him one to two years from now. He's one of those guys that's going to fall by the, w- the wayside pretty quick. So, uh, a win-now piece, I guess. Uh, And then the real gem of what you saw coming was uh, Josh Rosen and DJ Moore. Now, two phenomenal players, probably the most uh, NFL-ready two in the entire draft in their respective positions. Uh, Josh Rosen, he's going to be a stud. Uh, I think he ends up settling into a low-end QB1 to mid-range QB1 roll once he gets the wheels going and the, the momentum rolling. Uh, DJ Moore, tons of opportunity. That being said, I mean, you're, you're betting on a wide receiver that is anchored to Cam Newton, who just basically aims and shoots a goddamn cannon at people. Um, but that being said, DJ Moore is probably the most complete receiver in the draft as far as uh, NFL ready now. And 
he's going to be a good pit, uh, good piece that actually might return some value this year. Uh, same with Josh Rosen, if he manages to win the job or the inevitable uh, Bradford injury. Um, the pieces, though, in Arizona aren't the greatest right now, so it might be a little delayed before you get any real quality value out of them. But that being said, I mean, this wasn't all sunshine and roses and rainbows and whatnot for uh, Dan's team. He did uh, lose a bit of future wide receiver depth, which uh, his team may or may not have an issue with. Uh, And then on top of that, who's your third quarterback at this point? Uh, If if, uh, Bradford goes down, then I guess McCown is the guy you're relying on, even though we don't know if he's going to be it. So you might have weakened your quarterbacks a little too much for the future, having to lean on cars the second Uh, quarterback in the team so next up we had a trade between the 55s and the americans uh this is the first time that brian actually made true on his promise and decided to send off some of those beautiful quarterback picks from early in the draft for uh some other pieces that he could use so he sent over russell wilson and in exchange, uh, the Americans send over Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, and a 2020 second round pick in the rookie draft. So uh, right off the bat, this is a good move for Brian, who was uh, clearly depleted for everything other than quarterback and uh, future developmental players with rookies that might hit. So he ends up getting a uh, yesteryear number one, two dynasty pick. And Mike Evans, who will hopefully look to kind of recapture that that magic, although the Jamins Winston issue might hurt him a little bit. Uh, He ends up with Calvin Ridley, who is a good future wide receiver piece. Uh, That being said, now with the Julio extension, I think that hurts his value a little bit. And on top of that, um, he's not exactly the best receiver yet. He's going to need a little time and a little work. Everyone thinks he's going to just turn around and give you a bunch of production right off the bat. Well, that's just not true. Uh, and then the 2022nd. Now, uh, my opinion of everything is that in 2019, the draft's going to be kind of shitty. And 2020 is where you actually want a lot of the picks. So I'm actually pretty happy you kind of got that one rather than 2019 pick. And as far as uh, for the American side, um, needed the quarterback help so that really helped you a lot because you're one of the weaker quarterbacks after the or one of the weaker quarterback groups after the draft uh, that being said this is a huge risk on the receiver end with the uncertainty of Josh Gordon and uh, the lack of depth on your team you kind of needed these receivers and man if you didn't send away a quality receiver and a quality developmental receiver for just a quarterback, probably should have tried to get something else back to help the depth a little bit, but uh, I'm not making these trades, so I'm only telling you what you did wrong. So next on the trade block, we have a trade between Gary on my son and America. So this was the second of the, actually no, third of the blockbuster trades that involved Clay. Uh, Again, 
quite a head scratcher, although this one did make a little more sense. Uh, sending away Odell Beckham Jr., the probably should have been number one pick in this draft, and Alex Collins and Mike Gesicki to the Americans for Devonta Adams, Ronald Jones, Anthony Miller, and a 2019 second. Now, um, if we want to go and we just kind of pick it apart one piece for one piece for one piece and so on, the OBJ is definitely better than Devonta Adams, even though Adams is tied to a much better quarterback. I honestly think Adams is still somewhat garbage. Uh, I shouldn't say that. He's not garbage, but he's definitely not as good as everyone's trying to uh, build him up to be. I think he's going to struggle against number one defenders this year when all the coverage is rolling his way. Um, next up, Alex Collins versus Ron Jones. Although I'm not a fan of Ronald Jones, I'm going to have to take him in a dynasty league over Alex Collins. I think uh, this year, Alex Collins will be the more productive back. Um, but that being said, Ronald Jones at least has a opportunity to be a lead back for several years, whereas I think Alex Collins is out in one to two. Uh, and then it's the battle of the rookies between... Mike Gesicki at tight end and Anthony Miller at the wide receiver position for the Bears. Uh, although Miller's been getting some huge praise so far at Bears camp, uh, Gesicki, he's a quality uh, tight end prospect, and uh, those are harder to come by. So I, I kind of give that the edge, but that being said, the 2019 second, although I'm not the biggest fan of the 2019 draft, it is a higher-end pick, so I would say that Anthony Miller in the second definitely out-edge uh, Gesicki. So that being said, I'm going to give the Americans the win on this trade, and I actually wrote you a song, Clay, to uh, kind of describe how I feel about your trades up to this point. You started off so good, and then you just kind of gave away your best pieces after that. I just, it's blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. But uh, Justin's moves aren't without uh, some negatives on top of it, because once again, he, he capitalized on the player he got with OBJ. That being said, you gave up more depth at the wide receiver position, and it's starting to get real thin for you. Uh, so next up, we had a trade between the 55s and Team White. Now, this is a uh, trade I think was a win-win for both, although I think Chris White uh, kind of got away with a little bit of a steal, and that is... Uh, 55s, Brian traded away Mike Williams for Austin Eckler and a 2022nd. Uh, I think Mike Williams, yes, he did spend the year hurt uh, his rookie season. That being said, the man was a, what, like number 7 or 10 pick. He was high first round draft capital, and I think he's still worth a first in a rookie draft so i think the 2020 seconds was, was a little weak considering eckler was just a throwaway piece that i think you dropped immediately after um so that being said i think uh that white he, he won this trade but not by a ton 
Next up, we have a trade with finally some new faces uh, between Team Gravelin and Kariyama Wayward Sun. So this was another big trade for Carrion. Um, I guess maybe he hated his entire team. Who knows? So he sent away T.Y. Hilton and a 2019 second, and in return got Rashad Penny and a 2019 first. Uh, in fact, I think it was the first that he had traded away before. So uh, I'm not a big fan of Rashad Penny. Um, I think the talent's fine, but I think he's going into a terrible situation. I think Pete Carroll's kind of lost his damn mind. On top of that, that line, although improved, is still going to be trash, and the defense is horrible, so they're going to be throwing more, and Penny's not exactly the strongest receiver. So doesn't sound very good for him. As far as T.Y. Hilton, I think he's on the upturn. I think we can uh, assume Luck's going to be coming back. I was a little skeptical at first, but... Everything just keeps getting better and better for him. In fact, I think uh, we have some live looking at his training that he's been doing. That's right. I've been told that uh, Andrew Leck actually flew over to Russia into the mountains to train with uh, Rocky Marciano. And uh, they did some log lifts, uh, sled pulls, punched some shit. Uh, it was quite good for his arm. I mean, you've seen him. He's just massive now. He's uh, more like Andrew Lugg at this point, but... <laughs> Hilarious joke, Jason. So, um, this is pretty even trade, actually. So, this is the first time, I think, that Clay's actually done a pretty fair trade. Uh, that being said, I prefer the T.Y. side. I think he lost this one. I think T.Y. is a much better player, and I, I get this is my opinion because I, I don't think Penny's going to return as much value as other people do. Um, and then on top of that, getting a 2019 first, it's whatever because you're not upgrading by much. And on top of that, it's 2019, and that's kind of trash. Moving on, we have the Americans versus the... I, he might be deaf at this point or, or something because uh, no one can seem to ever get a hold of Shane, but the uh, Girly Gates managed to get a trade going. Uh, so this one ended up coming down to who cares versus I don't give a crap. Jimmy Graham for Isaiah Crowell. Um... I guess it was a positive for the Americans because he needed RB help. And Graham gives you depth, I guess. I, I, I have no idea, honestly. Um, I know Graham's going to be decent for this year, but that being said, he's done. He's toast. He's trash. So I don't think there's a, any number of Aaron Rodgers in the world that are going to help him. And next up, this just in, another trade for key players with Carry On My Wayward Son. And Team Gravelin. So Team Gravelin sent over Julio Jones, Mitch Trubisky, a 2019 second and a 2019 third in exchange for Andrew Luck, Devonta Adams, and Jacoby Brissett. Now, um, I don't like the idea of Julio for Adams. I think that's a downgrade, even with Julio's age. 
but that being said, it's not as much a downgrade as an upgrade with Andrew Luck for Trubisky. I'm um, not really sure why everyone's so enamored with the Bears. I guess it's just recency bias with uh, the Rams and, oh, this is the most amazing coaching tree ever and everyone's going to be great. Well, remember a year ago, or a little year and a half ago, when we were all mocking the Bears for trading up one spot to take Trubisky. He was terrible then, and everyone's like, he's not worth it. He shouldn't be in the first round at all. But now everyone has this like love affair with anyone that's a bear. It's not proven that he's going to be good. It's just hope. It's hope. That's it. And at the end of the day, that's all you're going to have is hope. And from the carry-on side for Clay, this trade absolutely made no sense to me at uh, the time it happened. Uh, Julio is fantastic, but he is old. And you've literally just traded a bunch of your win-now pieces for youth. So the fact that you're going to an unproven quarterback that might not turn out to be anything, but then also a, a receiver that by the time that your team is great might be on the tail end of his career and not putting up the numbers he needs to. It just it blew my mind at this point. And you've been blowing my mind a ton lately going through this segment. Uh, so next up, we had the Americans trading with the Girly Gates. Yes, apparently the only person Shane will talk to is Justin. I think it's collusion and an unfair advantage, and I want it to stop now! No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, Shane, if you could just, you know, respond to us, you might get a better deal. So uh, let's take a look at it. We have uh, Alex Collins and Hayden Hurst going over to the Grilly Gates for Derrick Henry and Ryan Grant. Uh, you already know my feelings on Alex Collins. I think he's going to be fine this year. Uh, the future is not so great for him, in my opinion. Uh, Hayden Hurst could be good. He's ready. I think he's the one of the older uh, tight ends in the draft, though, so he might be ready now, but that being said, he's kind of a two-trick pony, and his receiving yards might not uh, become noteworthy, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, and then Derrick Henry. Um, news actually just came out today that they're moving him around. He's taking a couple snaps from the slot. He's pa catching passes, so... I think between the upside and the, I guess, the theoretical upside and the what they are now, the Derrick Henry side won hands down. Ryan Grant was just a thrown piece. Um, I guess the, the only uh, negative I could see is for, for that side is if Henry doesn't work out. But that being said, I think you're taking a great shot, Justin, so... Uh, Justin wins the trade. Now enter two new contenders into the trade agreement. Uh, the next trade happened between Fear the Juice and the Frenchies. I guess Frenchie made one non-consequential uh, trade earlier, but that being said, this is the first significant one, and man, did he shit the bed. So Fear the Juice sent over Jordan Howard in exchange for Sony Michelle and Ty Montgomery. Now, Jordan Howard is good, don't get me wrong. The man is gaining yards like crazy, but he has spatulas for hands. The man cannot catch, and he's going to get moved out of that offense quicker than 
I care to see it because I think he's fantastic. So the shelf life on him one is not the greatest. Uh, and then two, you already had Tariq Cohen. So I guess you're sewing up the backfield. Uh, Sony Michelle, high upside. Yeah, he could have fumbling issues and this and that, but they spent a first-round pick, and I think they're looking to go a little more run-heavy than they've ever been before because they're starting to lighten the load for Tom Brady because they're expecting him not to be there forever. So between that and the fact that you gave away a satellite back for Green Bay that although he has had some issues with staying healthy, has been electric when he's been on the field. So you give two usable pieces for one, and... Here's the problem. You, you've now essentially turned your team into three backfields where you own both pieces of both, but that's great. Unless one gets hurt and you cover your ass on the other one, all you're doing is cannibalizing your upside. You're going to go into this mediocre just wasteland. So congratulations on that one, Mike. You totally shit the bed in the draft with the trade on me. But that being said, you go out here and you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. Next up on the trade block, we have the Girly Gates. Again, making a trade. It's amazing. Um, and this time with Carry On, my wayward son. A minute. Are we trading again? That's right, another trade with Clay. This time with Shane, which uh, had been billed after the fact as, uh, as I was told it, a trade with a month in the making. So, this one kind of makes me change my opinion up to this point. And I hate to say that, but I, I didn't understand what Clay was doing. Now... He may have just been flying off the seat of his pants, and he may have just fell into a couple of positions and took him and take and took them where he could, and it, it ended up working out. Or like Sonny in that damn draft day movie for the Browns, he screwed up and then took all these things and just worked it into this like amazing just can't believe it worked out just combination of trades and through the entire middle of it it looked awful just awful made his team worse made his team young but not in like a good way and then he turns around and he he finally brings it back up and although I think I liked his team at the beginning still better than the way it ended up I I think that he he pulled it off in a pretty strong way so that being said we have the girly gates sent over kareem hunt adam thielen and sam darnold for ben roethlisberger julio jones and jay ajayi now i think this uh, strongly weakens the running backs and the future qbs for for Shane's team. Uh, he already had Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. I mean, you already had the pieces on your team for um, basically a strong QB pool and 
I think that Darnold gave you a QB in the future to develop, whereas Roethlisberger added depth that you didn't really need at this point. So not really sure where that was. And, I mean, all this was for a minor upgrade at, at receiver. Um, although Julio is much better than Adam Thielen, don't take me for saying that Thielen is amazing and Julio's just barely better than him. Um, it's, it's the wear and tear, it's the age, it's the injury, it's the mileage. It's all these things that Julio carries with him and it weakens his overall prospect for dynasty just because he, if he was a few years younger, he's up there as the number one, two guy. But because of that, he's taking a little bit of hit. So, great, you got Julio, but you kind of wasted and screwed the pooch in the quarterback. And I'm sorry, but the Brit is not great. Uh, I like JJ. I wish he would he would work out. But that being said, I don't think he's getting a fair shot. And on top of that, I don't think anyone ever trusts him to carry a full load. Maybe the Eagles prove us wrong and give him way more touches, but... We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you gave up Kareem Hunt, though, the player that led the league in rushing yards last year. It's It blows my mind. So, finally, Clay gets a win. Good for you, Clay. And that was going to round out our trade apocalypse segment, but uh, during the writing of the show doc, we had uh, one last trade, so I figured I'd just mention it here. Basically between me, yes, I finally got in the post-draft trade, and Brian's the 55s. Uh, He waited me out, and he waited me out, and I just couldn't risk not grabbing Jalen Samuels, because if he went to free agency, I wouldn't have gotten him. So I gave up a meaningless 2019 third-round pick, and Bilal Powell, who should have an increased work load at the beginning of the season, but the Jets aren't going to give him a fair shake no matter what. And um, I got back Jalen Samuels and a 2019 fifth-round pick. So at the end of the draft, I'll get one extra one at the beginning of the fifth round because Brian's going to be terrible. So thanks for that, Brian. Uh, Next up, we have league rankings. Give out very little sugar with your pronouncements. That's right. These league rankings are not going to be kind. They're not going to be pretty. They're just going to be facts and how I see it. And, I mean, some of you turned out well. Got some good notes on pretty much everyone. But that being said, you're listening to me, so deal with it. So we're going to start off with doing uh, positional rankings for all the teams. And then we're going to then reveal my top ten for Dynasty Power Rankings. That's right, Power Rankings, folks. So first up, let's start off with the quarterback position. Uh, Coming in at number 10 on strength of quarterback is, no surprise, Chris White, Team White. So Team White's quarterbacks include Patrick Mahomes, Joe Flacco, the suspended James Winston, and Ryan Fitzmagic. So obviously the big problem with uh, this roster is James Winston got suspended when Chris had a already thin 
quarterback uh, depth chart. So we'll see how Mahomes turns out. Everyone thinks he's the next coming of Jesus. And um, Joe Flacco, he's going to help you for this year, I suppose. Coming in at number nine, we have Fear the Juice. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking to yourself, Mike, but I have Drew Brees. How could I be this bad? Well, I'll tell you. You got a soulless ginger in Andy Dalton, and you got a perennial backup who's finally a starter in Case Keenum. And yes, Case Keenum, he has the most yards in college. Yes, Case Keenum has the most touchdowns in college. Well, guess what? That was not in the elite division. Okay? Stop it, people. Case Keenum's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's just a product of his system. He can't outplay his system. He's just whatever you give him, he'll get. So after that, uh, you got no depth. So what happens if Case Keenum loses the job in a year or two to a rookie quarterback? Well, then you're stuck with the Red Rifle himself and Drew Brees, and he ain't getting any younger. Coming in at number eight, we have... This means war. Dan Krieg. Now, Dan's overall a pretty strong team, but QB is not his strength, and I know what you're saying, but he's got the best quarterback in the league. Well, I got I got breaking news for you people. This ain't going to be the only time you hear someone with one of the best in the league not have that good as an entire position. So he comes in with Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Sam Bradford, minus Josh Rosen, and the fantasy zombie quarterback himself, Josh McCown. So we all know what McCown is. We all know that what Bradford is until, you know, he breaks a hip or something. So basically you're looking at Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr. And Derek Carr fell apart when his line was not great. Derek Carr lost Michael Crabtree. Derek Carr is okay, maybe. And I get that you have Aaron Rodgers, but that being said, that's not enough in this league. And you have zero depth past this year. In fact, I would wager that until you make a trade or you draft someone, you got no one behind these two quarterbacks next year. So, uh, all the Aaron Rodgers in the world is not going to help you through this. Next up, we have, at number seven, the American. Now, America is trying to become great again, but one thing it is not great at is drafting quarterbacks. So, you started off with Alex Smith, Blake Bortles, and the Buffalo tandem of A.J. McCarron and uh, Josh Allen. Well, congratulations, you panicked and picked Allen just like the Bills did. Uh, That being said, you did recover a bit and you traded away some pieces but got Russell Wilson. So I actually like your starting two with uh, Wilson and Alex Smith, although I think Wilson's actually going to take a little bit of a step back in efficiency. Uh, and then Blake Bortles is just fine come playoff time if you're in the playoff hunt because that's when he seems to turn it on. But he is definitely not a quarterback of the future. Uh, but with a rookie that's a physical freak for the quarterback position and a rocket of an arm, I mean, there's still promise and you're a lot better than some of these teams that don't have any depth. So 
I guess you could take that to the bank. Coming in at number six, we have... Oh, I apologize. I can't believe I forgot to mention this, but thankfully... With that last trade performed by Clay, uh, he got rid of the carry on my way root son name, so we didn't have to play at the drop anymore. And he's now known as I Got a Thielen. Woohoo! Good for you, buddy. Go Vikings. So coming in at number six, we have I Got a I Got a Thielen. Woohoo! So I don't even recognize Clay's uh, quarterback pool. As it has shifted into Tyrod Taylor, Mitchell Trubisky, or Mitch Trubisky, Eli Manning, Josh Rosen, and Sam Dardle. Oh, and he picked up Teddy Bridgewater from the uh, free agent pool. So now I guess you are the QB whore. So, uh, as we talked about before, I'm not the biggest fan of Mitch Trubisky. Maybe he puts it together, maybe he's competent, but uh, he's out of camp so far has not been the greatest. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's fantastic, but never gets a fair shake, and he will not be the QB of the Browns much longer, but who knows, maybe he'll get another shot. Uh, As far as Eli Manning goes, he's one to two years still useful. He's got great weapons. I think he's going to serve you well this year. Uh, waiting for Josh Rosen to develop. I think Josh Rosen's pretty much a guarantee that at least by next year he'll be a usable fantasy asset for you. Um, And then as far as the Jets QBs go, which Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold could go the way of Mark Sanchez. He doesn't have the greatest mechanics, and he's... He's got a feel for it, but he's not a he's not a technician by any stretch of the means, so uh, or stretch the imagination. So he he could actually not do very well. Uh, the verdict is yet to be seen, obviously, as he just made it into training camp today, I believe. And Teddy Bridgewater, love the guy. Unfortunate what happened to him, and I think he's going to be relegated to backup duties for the rest of his career which is a crying shame because he was fun to watch. Next up, coming in at number five, is yours truly, the football goonie. That's right, Bill Belichick, puppet master. See, I knew you guys were just going to sit there and complain and go, oh, well, Jason's going to say he's the best. Uh, in fact, what, what's that? Okay, yes, we, uh, we actually have access. We're going to go to a live feed of the chat room now. Uh, yes, I'm being told that that was Brian complaining about uh, my my one-sided views. So at the uh, QB position, I have Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, and Lamar Jackson. Now, I'm not entirely sold on this lineup. Uh, I think that I have one of the higher upsides at quarterback, but that being said, I have probably the most risk at quarterback, and that's not my favorite thing to be sitting on, but it's just the way the draft fell to me. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I think he's going to he's gonna fall a little short of his efficiency last year, but I think he's still hot fire. Uh, I think he's top five QB when he's healthy. And uh, Dak Prescott, I don't know what the love is, or what the hate is, the lack of love is for him, but... I mean, the man just finished 11th last year after posting half a horrific season. Uh, and the only difference was no Zeke 
and no healthy line, which he has both those things. So although he doesn't have Des Bryant and Jason Witten, I think he's got comparable enough or he he's got capable enough players at the receiver position that I think he's going to do enough and give me low end up QB one numbers. Uh, Tannehill actually was pretty good before the injury. Uh, we'll see if he can recapture that magic. I'm not super hopeful, but I just need him pretty much to buy my bye weeks and safety or be a safety net for if I have an injury with Deshaun Watson until Lamar Jackson is healthy because this guy is going to be video game hot fire. And I'm going to level up as soon as he gets on the field. So uh, you better hope I trade him away before then. So... What is that? Oh my god, that smells awful. What is that? Oh, it's number four, the friend cheeses. Axel actually did a pretty good job with this quarterback pool. I think he's got a lot of upside, good depth. Uh, so you guys need to lay off the Mariota thing. But he has uh, starting quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, Jimmy So Handsome Garoppolo, and a couple of no-name backups with uh, Falk for Mariota and Laletta, who he's not going to even be anything. And finally, Mason Rudolph from that trade. So Cam, hot fire, top five quarterback as of right now. We'll see how long it lasts, though, because he's not a great passer, and eventually those legs are going to fail him a little bit. Uh, Marcus, I think he's done pretty darn well considering he's got... He's been playing in unimaginative offenses up till now, so I think the uh, LaFleur connection is going to actually help him a bit, and I think he's going to do well as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, Jimmy Handsome, my goodness, so handsome, so many yards. He just needs to get those touchdowns up. Uh, but I don't think any one of us are going to disagree that he is a quality quarterback for future years, although I think the hype in redraft leagues for this year is little out of control. Uh, skip the other two trash and let's just go to Mason Rudolph. Uh, good pick, good pickup on the trade. He is the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger, and he will have some pretty good weapons at his disposal once he takes over. So well done, Axel. Coming in at number three, we have the Girly Gates. Shane comes in at number three. Good job, Shane. Uh, part of this is I think he overloaded a little bit, and I think he would have been a little stronger if he actually didn't make the trade he made. But that being said, he comes in with Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Big Ben Roethlisberger. To overall, a really good quality quarterback pool with the exception of age. Uh, will Father Time catch up to Big Ben or Tom Brady in the next couple of years? What are you going to do until then? I mean, you'll win until then. Or Okay, you won't win, but you'll be fine at the quarterback position until then. But that being said, you're going to need to make some moves in order to uh, combat that Father Time issue. So coming in at number two is our first big upset. The 55s. Now, I know Brian is going to be super mad. He's like, I drafted all the QBs. Well, tough shit. You didn't do that great. You did good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but you didn't do that great. Maybe if you had Russell Wilson still, I'd give you number one on this. But let's go through them anyways. We got Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield. And that's it. Had to double check because you had so many quarterbacks before. Wasn't sure.
if Car when Carson Wentz gets back, he's going to be great. Maybe a little less on the efficiency, but he's going to be top 10 QB. Kirk Cousins, top 10 QB. Jared Goff, game manager. But I think he might actually put up a decent year this year, maybe like a number 15 performance. I think that'll be on the back of teams selling out to stop Gurley, giving him a little more opportunity. And then I like Baker Mayfield. I think he's taking over in a spot of learning behind Tyrod for a little bit with a ton of weapons, especially if Josh Gordon get through his stuff. So that leaves at number one, Team Gravelin. Congratulations, Gary. So Team Gravelin, uh, he... He, he busted a move and brought himself into this top spot because uh, he started off with uh, Matt Stafford and Phillip Rivers, but then he just added, I don't know, some little piece called Andrew Luck, and the luck is with him now. So you got top five quarterback in Andrew Luck when he's healthy, and he should be healthy, and two top 12 quarterbacks in Matt Stafford and Phillip Rivers, and the fact that Stafford and Luck are young enough that you're going to have their success for years to come. I think you did a good job. I'd hate to see you in good matchups. Hopefully I face you guys in a bye week or against someone real tough like the Vikings defense. Oh, and I apologize. I actually missed on uh, Shane's team, the Gurley Gates, uh, Nick Foles. He adds some depth next year. He should be a starting quarterback somewhere, but we can't really evaluate him like that as of right now because he could just end up a backup somewhere too. So we'll see how that one goes. So I apologize on that, Shane. So moving on, we're going to go to running backs. And to follow up a number one finish at quarterback, comes in at number 10. Good job, Gary. Way to follow that one up. Talk about a, talk about a hangover at the... Uh, quarterback winning hangover <laughs> anyways so coming in for his running backs we have melvin gordon marshawn lynch lamar miller ito smith spencer ware Corey clement and chris carson now let's knock off a couple to begin with chris carson he's getting all the love right now he ain't gonna be much anything maybe if he goes to the ravens he can become a starter but let's just let's get that out of the way uh, next, you got Clement Ware backups. Clement might have some standalone value for the next year or two, but he's nothing great. Ware, man, I hope he just gets back from that injury. Uh, as far as Edo Smith, maybe he becomes the next Tevin Coleman, probably less likely. I don't think he's as touted as Coleman was coming out. And uh, next up, Lamar, or Leon, Lamar Miller. Uh, I think he just got a boost because Foreman got sent to the pup. And he's coming in a little lean this year, so good for him on that. But that being said, after this year, I'm not really hopeful for him. And he's just an RB2 this year. Uh, Lynch, same thing. RB2 this year. I don't even know if he's playing next year. He's old. He's still good, but he's old. Uh, so you have one superstar in Melvin Gordon. Not enough depth. Not enough strength now to sacrifice that depth. So sorry, number 10. Coming in at number nine, we have Shane with the Curly Gate. Man, we're seeing a, a trend so far. Uh, you had a strong running back core. And then you traded away Kareem Hunt. And you now have Fournette, Ujayi, Collins, James White, Theoretic, and Doug Martin. So, 
Fournette, great, love him. Uh, let's hope he gets the injuries under control, but he's got a great defense, good line. I think he's going to be just fine, top 10 running back. Jay on the other hand, I don't think he's going to get the fair shake. He's going to be a low-end RB2 for you. Uh, Alex Collins, on the other hand, he'll be a high-end RB2, but that being said, it'll be just for this year, maybe a little bit next year, but they're going to start moving him out, especially when Lamar Jackson gets in there. I think they'll actually want to opt for a little bit smaller, better pass-catching back to really complement him. Uh, plus, you have the threat of Kenneth Dixon. So we'll see how that goes. James White is what he is. Theoretic is what he is, and he's on his way out with carry on there now uh, after maybe as soon as this season. And then Dougie Martin. Oh, poor Dougie Martin. I love that little muscle hamster, but he's just, he's done. Uh, coming in at number eight, we got the 55. So we're going to continue with more poor performance after being good. So, for the running backs for Brian's team, we have Darius Geis, C.J. Anderson, Nick Chubb, uh, On Johnson, Kalen Balage, Duke Johnson, Peyton Barber, uh, formerly Jalen Samuels, but now that's uh, Mr. Powell, Chris Ivory, and Amir Abdullah. So... Uh, you got some great prospects. I think Geis is going to turn out very well. I think Chubb will be pretty good. The problem is you have his other running back, and they're kind of eating into each other a little bit, kind of capping their upside. That being said, they're both going to be serviceable, serviceable pieces for you in the future. But right now, he's not a great contributor. Uh, as far as on Johnson, I think he's going to be just fine in Detroit, but... He's going to have to wait it out a little bit, and it's going to be kind of a muddled backfield for the first half of the season, I think, until he finally has the talent win out. Uh, after that, Kalen Blosh, big man that can't do anything between the tackles. He's weak. He's just a good pass catcher that can run in a straight line really well. Good for him. Uh, Peyton Barber, Chris Ivory, although he will have some uh, decent value if McCoy's out. And then Amir Abdullah, so not great. Uh, I actually would have liked to put you a little higher, but that being said, everything that you have is theoretical upside. Your best running backs to start off the season are probably the way it was listed with Darius Geis and C.J. Anderson, so that kind of weakened you, but you're built for the future. So if you hit on two or three of these guys, I think it'll be just fine. But until then, it is what it is. Coming in next, America stumbles and falls again and comes in at number seven. Uh, started off the draft with the number two pick and went Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think that's a good future and now back as far as uh, production that you'll get out of him. That being said, little unproven, so a couple of question marks, but I think he'll be just fine. Uh, Henry's looking a little actually up compared to what he did a couple of days ago. So we'll see how that shakes out. Waiting on news for Shady McCoy. Uh, he'll give you probably top 15 back production this year. But between his age, his mileage, and all the uncertainty, uh, he's not long for the world. Uh, next you had Devonta Foreman. Devonta Foreman is great if he comes back from the Achilles. Hopefully he does. Uh, I don't think you're going to get anything out of him this year, though. 
then you have John Williams over in the Niners, whatever. Isaiah Crowell, uh, he'll give you some production this year, I guess. But again, whatever. And Mark Walton, whatever. If Gio Bernard leaves then Cincinnati, then he might have some PPR value. But other than that, I'm not super excited about him. I think he's just a puff piece from the preseason. Sorry, that was my ice machine. Coming in at number six, 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 we got the Frenchies. So I think Axel actually could have been a little bit better on this list, but he screwed the pooch like we talked about in the trade and really capped the upside of his team and the depth. So uh, taking a look at it, we have Royce Freeman, Jordan Howard, Jarek McKinnon, Tariq Cohen, Devonta Booker, Matt Breda, and Bo Scarbo. Scarbro. Bo Bro, Bo Bo Bro. Anyways, so you have the Denver Broncos backfield with a okay running back rookie once he gets through the committee, if it happens this year. Okay, fast forward. Jarek McKinnon, everyone's shiny new toy. And I love Jarek McKinnon. I want nothing more than Jarek McKinnon to be successful. That being said, I don't think he's going to hold up to the workload. And I actually think Breda is going to eat into his work a little bit to keep him healthy, therefore cannibalizing themselves. And I don't think that he's going to be bad, but he's not going to be worth the price he paid. Uh, going over to the Bears, everyone's fancy new offense... We have Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Way to trade and cap your upside. Rather than having a satellite back that you could use as a flex and bi-week fill-in, you went and got his lead back and destroyed any chance of playing who you would have traded and Cohen at the same time. Now you're going to have to choose between Howard and Cohen. There's going to be very few games where they're both dominant or helpful for your team. So congratulations on having one of the better handcuffs. That being said, is he really? Because I don't think Cohen could hold up to more than 12 touches a game, 15 touches a game. So not a fan there. Uh, Booker, trash. We already talked about it. And then Bo Scarborough, he would need an injury to Zeke for any real value. So not really caring about him. Uh, next up, we have number five, Team White. Now, number five might be a little bit of a stretch. Uh, this all comes down to one really great player, someone I believe in a bit, and the potential of the future. I think David Johnson gives you such an advantage that you can't ignore that. I think that you have a super solid number two in Joe Mixon. I think him cutting weight, working on things, that line improving. I, I don't want to say he's going to take a Le'Veon Bell year two jump, but I think he's trending that way, which is also pretty funny considering that's probably his closest comparable player. And then um, I, I, I honestly like the Coleman pick. I think he got a useful flex right now. If something happened to Freeman, obviously he's hot fire. And then the big thing is next year, he's probably going to get a shot at a lead back. 
job, and I think he's better equipped to do it than Jarek McKinnon. Uh, so hopefully he ends up on the right team. Uh, other than that, you have Tavon Austin. Ugh, I mean, I hate to break it to you, but this uh, whatever weapon, speed back, whatever they're called, web back, I think they're calling them, uh, just trash, whatever, get out of here. Uh, Latavius Murray, you got him because you used to own Cook. I'd probably try to flip that over to the Cook owner. I think it's, uh, it's yeah, it's Clay. And I'd probably try to get a little something back from him. Um, and then TJ Yeldon. Uh, like TJ Yeldon. Uh, I think he's a great back. I think we talked about on the chat a little bit. And I think he might actually get an opportunity next year to move somewhere and be a little more productive. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think the biggest thing is your DJ and how much I believe Mixon is why you ended up where you did in this rankings. Uh, coming in at number four, Fear the Juice. So, old uh, Mike here made some notable trades with me, and it clearly affected his depth a little bit at other positions, like running back. But that being said, I think he did a good job, and I think the trade is what actually really helped him. Without that trade, he'd probably be hurting a little bit. So, uh, he's got Alvin Kamara. Good job. Sony Michelle. Great. Uh, I don't think Kamara's quite going to be what he was last year, but that being said, he's still pretty hot fire. Uh, Sony Michelle, I think, I I don't mean that he's going to be some, like, insane phenom of a running back that for the Patriots, but that being said, I think I lean more towards the positive side than the negative side. I don't think fumbling issues are a problem. I think there's enough work for this year for two backs, and I think he starts to become that number one back after that. So I'm not really worried about Burkhead as far as his production. I think Burkhead's actually very useful, but that being said, I'm not worried about it. Uh, Dion Lewis, great for the next probably couple of years. It's going to be real helpful. Um, your combination of Colts backs, not my favorite. I think Max Trash. I think Hines is going to have a good satellite role, but he'll be more of a bi-week fill-in more than anything. Uh, love CJ Procise. I'm a Procise truther, and I think this is the year that he finally plays like seven games, and it'll be beautiful. And then, and then Ty Montgomery, uh, actually my favorite of the Green Bay backs, more because his cost in redraft right now. But I think, uh, I think he's finally learning how to be healthier. He's going to work on it. And I think uh, he's he's going to hold up this season in limited work, but he's going to do a lot with that limited work. So uh, overall, good running back core. I love it. Uh, just not a big fan of your Colts, guys. But that being said, that might be a little biased because I own the other one. So coming in at number three, we have I've Got a Thielen. Woohoo! So Clay, good job. Uh, I... I Wish he had Zeke still, but I think you're you built quite the team that is. This is one of your strengths right now, but you're also built for the future a little bit. So I think it was actually quite a good job. Um, it's probably my favorite part of your team as your running backs. So you got uh, Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, uh, Gio Bernard. Kent Dixon, and Ronald Jones. 
So double de double Jones in a little bit, but we have Dalvin Cook, who is a quality great running back on a great offense with a great defense. Need I say more? Kareem Hunt, hot fire. I think he takes a little bit of step back. I think teams are going to learn him out a little bit. I think they're going to lean playing against him a little harder and make Mahomes beat them. And on top of that, I just I don't think this team's going to be quite as productive and they're going to have a worse, a worse defense. So uh, he's still going to be a top 12, just not quite as good as he was last year. And I know there are some concerns that he had a real lull, but I think that was more coaching issues than, than uh, his player issues. And I think they got that worked out a little bit. Uh, not the biggest fan of Rashad Penny, and I think it's more to do with the team. Uh, like we talked about before, I don't like Carroll. I don't like the team. And I think they're going to waste a lot of his talent. That being said, you got the Green Bay uh, running backs, one the one-two backs sewn up. So good job there. Uh, Gio Bernard, another one of those. If he was on another team by himself, he'd do a lot better kind of guys. Uh, I think he actually might do better in Shanahan's offense than uh, McKinnon did or will do, but that's just what it is. Uh, Dixon, we'll see if anything turns out from him. He just keeps getting his own way, and uh, I heard he got hurt again today, so we'll see how that goes. And then Ronald Jones, you already know how I feel about him. Not a fan, but that being said, he's got the opportunity, and he'll probably have the opportunity for a couple of years. Coming in at number two is the second upset of the week. That's right. Yours truly, Bill Belichick's puppet mastery. <laughs> uh, Should have been number one. Was number one. Thanks to Clay, I am not number one in the running back department anymore. I am number two. So, without further ado, I have Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey, Devonta Freeman, Kenyon Drake, Jordan Wilkins, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, uh, Jackson from San Diego, and Justin Jackson. That's who I had a little blank for a second. And... Below Powell just turned into Jalen Samuels. Uh, need I say more? Bell's amazing. Bell's awesome. Who knows about Bell next year? I don't think he's going to fall off the map and do nothing, obviously. I don't think anyone expects that. But for this year, he's hot fire. And as long as he doesn't pull a groin muscle, if you know what I'm saying over at that titty bar, I think I'm going to be just fine with him. Uh, as far as Christian McCaffrey, I think we've kind of talked about it on the uh, the chat a little bit and what I think of him. Um, I think last year is his floor. I think he putting on a little more weight I don't think is going to hurt him, and I think he's going to improve as a runner because he was a career better runner in college, and uh, I think he's just going to get more work. He's going to be more efficient with it. And I don't see any reason why he can't, at the very least, repeat what he did last year. But and probably give me back a little more uh, production than he did. Uh, Devont Freeman, don't think he's done. Think he's going to have a bounce back here. Uh, not to the yesteryear number one kind of performance, but I think he'll probably fall into that like 8-9 range kind of running back. Uh, give you Give me consistent weeks. And uh, just lean, plus that uh, the defense is improving every year, so I think that's better for the running backs. And I think it hurts Matt Ryan and the pass catchers a little bit. Uh, next, we got Kenyon Drake. This is more my risk pick. Um, I had to take him at that point. It was people were passing on his value, and 
We'll see. They brought in old man Frank Gore. I think this is the year Frank Gore finally falls off. And if he doesn't, all he does is he probably hurts Drake the beginning of the season. And then the youth and talent will win out. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, news is he's getting work with the first team running backs. And he's in play for the first and down work. First and second down work, excuse me. And uh, I don't think he's a horrible receiver on top of that. Uh, I don't think he's going to catch more than 20 balls this year, and that'll be a push. But that being said, I think that he'll be in a lot more than people expect, and I think he will end up winning that lead back duties by halfway through the season. Uh, next up, we got my two Steelers backs in Connor and Samuels. Uh, Connor, I think, is the true backup. Samuels, I think he could develop into a pass-catching back. They might actually eat into each other if Bell ever went down. But couldn't risk it. Uh, and then my other two are the backups to Melvin Gordon and uh, David Johnson. So if you want to trade me, you know where I am. And then that obviously leaves at number one. I don't think anyone is surprised with this means war. Coming in with Gurley, Zeke, Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde, Chris Thompson, Rex Burkhead, Kelly, Adams, who is, is inconsequential, and McGuire. So, Gurley, top three back. Zeke, top four back. Hyde, good for this year, kind of useless piece, but he'll get you through um, Ingram's suspension. Ingram, when he gets back, top 12, 13 back. Chris Thompson, while he's healthy, hot fire. Rex Burkhead, plenty of consistent weeks. And Kelly's backing up Gurley, Adams, and McGuire. Don't really care about it. If McGuire gets healthy, maybe he's a piece for the future. So, I mean, is there anything else I can say other than he's got, after week four, three top ten running backs probably. So, yay. Thanks, Clay. Moving on, we're coming to wide receivers. Coming in at number ten is the Americans. Now, I'm sorry, bud. This is what we were talking about before. You have probably the best dynasty wide receiver of all time right now in OBJ. That being said, I told you, I was going to have some takes and people weren't going to like them. But after OBJ, you got Josh Gordon. Is he even on the field after this? After that... Who do you have? Robbie Anderson? Suspended. Devin Funches? Buried on that depth chart now. Kenny Stills? Matt Moore's not there. DJ Shark? Uh, number, what, eight receiver for Jacksonville right now? Zay Jones? Ugh. Um, Smith and Ryan Grant? I mean, like, what's there to like after Gordon if he's healthy? And right now, honestly, after OBJ, other than Anderson when he gets back, maybe. So, sorry. Kind of a waste on there. Maybe you should trade me OBJ and I'll give you two receivers and you'll feel better about yourself. I don't know. Uh, coming in number nine, knocking down the king of running backs is This Means War. Um, now, this one's also going to be a little uh, controversial, I think, but... The, the way I kind of break it down, maybe it'll make sense to you. I don't know. We'll see. So uh, we have A-Rob, Allen Robinson, uh, Doug Baldwin, 
Sterling Shepard, uh, Chris Godwin, Rashad Matthews, I believe his first name's Rashad, right? Yeah. Uh, Antonio Callaway, Dami Amendola, and Dion Kane. So, A-Rob, one amazing season, then followed out with crap, then got injured, now he's on a new offense, not knowing the way everything's going to pan out. You have Miller behind you, you have Trey Burton, I just... I don't think he's going to get back to that target monster share. Doug Baldwin is still hot fire, but he's getting older. And I think he actually got hurt uh, today, a little sore in the knee. I'm sure he'll be fine. But uh, he can't do this by himself. Uh, I like Sterling Shepard. We'll see how everything plays out in New York. Uh, it's kind of one of those things. Like I like him better than his opportunity now. And we're going to have to wait and see how New York shakes out next year in order for me to properly evaluate him. So as of right now, he kind of takes a little bit of a hit, but still good player. Uh, same with Godwin. Um, great talent. Hasn't put it all together yet. We'll see, but there's just way too many questions at Tampa right now. Uh, Rashad Matthews, I think they've been just trying to bury him and he just won't go away. That being said, I don't think he's anything better than a low-end uh, wide receiver, two for you. Uh, Callaway, phenomenal talent, but he's buried on the Browns, and he's had off-the-field issues, just like the aforementioned Josh Gordon. So we'll see how effective that is. Amendola, he's going to be fine for a couple of games, then he's going to get hurt. And I don't think anyone's expecting anything out of Deion Kane. I think he was picked in the sixth round. Uh, coming in at number eight, we have Team White. Team White's receivers consist of Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, uh, Marquise Goodwin, Martavis Bryant, John Ross, Des Bryant, uh, Curtis Samuel, Taewon Taylor, and Mike Williams. Now, I love Hill. Hill is just a phenomenal talent, but we don't really know how that's going to shake out in KC this year. And we all think he's going to take a little bit of a step back. I don't see how he can't. Uh, that being said, he's probably going to be high-end wide receiver too. Mid, I just think the he's going to turn into what he was last year, even to the more extreme, which is he's going to boom some weeks and disappear other weeks, and it's going to be kind of a headache because you're going to have to keep him in to get these benefits. So he's better flex player but that being said that's not what you want to hear from someone that you took in the second third round uh stefan diggs i've i've talked about it before i think he's the second coming of a mixture of antonio brown and jarvis landry that being said he's got to stay healthy boy just got paid so hopefully he can finally put it together but until then he's just capping his upside but i love him uh, Marquise Goodwin, I think he's actually the number one receiver uh, in San Francisco. I think him and Garoppolo have a good rapport, and I'm not really worried about Garcon that much. Uh, John Ross, uh, have fun with negative fantasy points. I think other than a burner, he's nothing, so I don't think highly of him. Uh, Martavis Bryant, uh, we'll see if he plays this year. We'll see if he is useful, like, great talent wasted. Uh, Des Bryant doesn't have a team yet. There, I see, is a scenario where he is too proud to go with the Ravens, and he doesn't get another shot. So he might spend this year out and come back next year, but 
I'm not very hopeful of Dez, and I think he's kind of has been at this point. He'd make a decent slot receiver, but uh, I don't even know if that's what something he'd be willing to do. Uh, Taewon Taylor, uh, we'll see. Hasn't really done much at this point in Tennessee. Uh, Curtis Samuel's buried on the Panthers depth chart now, so I'm not feeling great for him. And Mike Williams, we talked about it, early first-round pick, uh, has an opportunity. That being said, he's a big-body guy, so I don't think he's going to give you many yards, but I think he might replace Antonio Brown as the touchdown guy with uh, Hunter Henry out. So he could be a good bi-week fill-in or flex position guy, but other than that, who knows. Coming in at number seven, we have the Gurley Gates Shane's team. So after all these trades, he ended up with Julio Jones, Robert Woods, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Hogan, Pierre Garçon, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, Cole Beasles Beasley, and Travis Benjamin. So Robert Woods, I think he's good. I think he's going to be a fine wide receiver too for your team this year. But I think uh, Cooper Cup's going to continue to move into more his position i think after this year he might actually get phased out a little bit and become a wide receiver three for you maybe a wide receiver four uh julio's hot fire for the next couple of years so good job on that emmanuel sanders is going to have a good year this year hopefully he can make uh some noise for free agency next year because i don't think he'll be back with the broncos and it just depends if he stays healthy and what team he goes to uh chris hogan i think as long as he's healthy he's gonna do work with tom brady uh but that being said that's where his career is tied to and after brady i don't think he'll be much use so hopefully you get a couple more years out of him uh pierre garçon i think there's a lot of hype right now with that shanahan offense and honestly i just don't see it uh he's had health issues um i mean he's had a lot of time to read the playbook but not really practice it well We'll see if he returns uh, value this year, but honestly, I'm actually thinking he's going to be a little bit of a hype disappointment. Uh, Randall Cobb, on the other hand, is uh, I think a lot of people are expecting him to fail, and I was one of those, but I'm actually starting to turn my head around and say maybe not, but until I see a little more in the preseason, uh, I'm going to kind of put him in the negative column. Uh, Jordan Nelson... I think he's done. Other people are saying he's not. I think Gruden was uh, quoted as saying he looked fast or something like that today. So we'll see. And then Beasley and Benjamin, you know what you're getting on those two. Coming in at number six, we have uh, my big surprise of the wide receiver pool. The 55s! Ow! Yeah. Uh, Brian's 55s actually came in at number six. Good job. And I think that was... Due to the trade for Mike Evans. So, uh, as I said, you have Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Corey Davis, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Gallup, Jameson Crowder, James Washington, and Calvin Ridley. Uh, Overall, good team. I'm not the biggest fan of Cooks. I think he's going to have a worse season this year than he's ever had before. But that being said, he's still a wide receiver too. And he'll do just fine as your second wide receiver. Uh, Mike Evans, I think he gets back a little bit, but I, I don't think he'll ever get back to that elite status he had. Uh, but you do have the hopeful in Corey Davis, and if he delivers like he did in the playoffs, even remotely close to that, 
you got a good receiver there. Uh, I tend to think he follows a little bit closer to that. He'll end up being a good wide receiver too for you. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, on the other hand, he is what he is. I think last year was his best year, and I think he actually takes a little bit of a step back this year. Um, Michael Gallup, I think he's a fine stopgap, but he's going to end up falling into that wide receiver two for the Cowboys after the next draft, probably. Uh, next up, you have Jamison Crowder. Uh, love Jamison, actually. I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver two this year. And I think he's probably got a couple decent years left in him uh, with Alex Smith. So as long as Smith's there, good for you on him. James Washington, everyone's hype bus train wide receiver three. Um, him and Kenny Galladay. So not the biggest fan. Uh, I think he's a little lacking in the tape compared to what everyone wants to say he's going to be. But that being said, you're tied to... A prolific offense it could be the number three receiver, number four passing option. And if an injury happens, my goodness, he's already in that supposed Martavis Bryant role. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Calvin Ridley, we kind of already talked about him. So moving on, coming in at number five, we have I've Got a Feeling. Woohoo. So his wide receivers are Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry, Samuel Watkins. Julian Edelman, Josh Doxson, Doc Doxson, sorry, there you go, Doxson, DJ Moore, Anthony Miller, and Keelan Cole. Uh, some good pieces now, a lot of pieces for the future. That's the best way I could put it. Thielen's great now. I think Thielen's going to be a wide receiver too for you for quite a few years. Uh, same with Landry, who can actually return wide receiver one numbers. If Josh Gordon is gone and Mayfield is the quarterback, but until then, whatever. Uh, Sammy Watkins, if him and Patrick Mahomes get going, man, he could be a back-end wide receiver one. Until then, he's a wide receiver three flex kind of guy with high upside. He'll give you some big games, give you some duds. Uh, Edelman, after that four-game suspension, I think he'll be okay this year. Uh, but honestly, I think after this year, he's kind of done skis. Uh, Josh Dotson, don't really believe in him. Can't get separation. I know he faced a lot of great corners last year, but good players get separation. Uh, good players find a way. And although he did catch, I think, eight touchdowns last year, I just, I don't see him handling the coverage he has to face on a regular basis, so... Uh, that's how I feel about him, but you got DJ Moore. He's going to be a stud as long as Cam can hit him with passes and not throw it 18 feet over his head. Uh, Anthony Miller, he's getting the most hype out of Bears camp. He could end up being the number one receiver there. Until then, he's just a depth piece with a good future, and I think he'll pan out well. Uh, Keelan Cole, he's the Jaguars receiver I'm hoping it works out for, but... Like a lot of people, I don't want to touch that situation with the 10-foot pole because there's way too many mouths to feed, and I'm not the one to guess if uh, if my guy will be the guy. So good luck to you for trying. Coming in at number four, we have Beer the Juju Juice. Mike Steen, Fear the Juice. Uh, after that blockbuster trade in the draft, he ended up with Antonio Brown, best receiver, plenty of years left, blah, 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 we get it. Larry Fitzgerald, 
He's going to be great this year. He might play next year, but past that, I don't think you can count on him for anything. And honestly, you shouldn't be counting on him past this year anyways. Uh, same with the Demaryius Thomas. He's big-bodied, strong receiver that's lost a step. Uh, that being said, he's a decent route runner, so he could still extend his career a little bit. But I think we've uh, we've honestly seen the last of his great days. Uh, someone with a bright future, though, is Will Fuller. As long as Deshaun Watson's healthy, this kid catches like 83 passes, touchdown passes. Uh, will he keep that efficiency? No. But that being said, he is he's hot fired. Deshaun scrambles, especially with that crummy line, and he's gonna find speedster Fuller open uh, with broke down plays. They're gonna make some magic, and he'll be a good uh, wide receiver three for you. Next up, Michael Crabtree, uh, serviceable this year. Don't really see a future for him in the next two, three years as far as a viable fantasy piece, but I think he'll be pretty helpful now. Uh, next is Paul Richardson, my favorite of the outside receivers in Washington for this year. Uh, I think he's better than Doxson, and I think he'll actually shine as long as he's healthy. Uh, you got Pettis in San Francisco. Uh, he's really shined in the slot while uh, Trent Taylor, I think his name is, is out. But I'm pretty sure Taylor came off the pup list today. So we'll see how that shakes out. But that being said, it doesn't hurt to have a slot receiver in Shanahan's office. And then finally, Tyrell Williams, uh, the most underappreciated receiver in San- or Los Angeles. I think I said San Diego a couple of times now. I apologize if I did. Uh, but the Chargers receiver, I think he'll do well. He stretches the field. He's fast. He's big. But uh, he just won't get his fair shake unless he jumps teams a la Cameron Meredith. So we'll see if he does anything like that after uh, his contract's up. But until then, uh, he's going to be a good, solid rotational piece for you. Uh, coming in, number three is yours truly, Bill Belichick, puppet master. Um, I think that... When you look at my team, I have a little bit more question marks than a lot, but all my question marks are high-end guys, and I think I have enough safety that it balances everything out well. So uh, in my opinion, I got either the number three or four best wide receiver in the draft with Michael Thomas. He is hot fire, never finishing outside the top ten in his two years, Uh, in fact being number six last year. And the arrow's just pointing north, and he's young, and he didn't have a lot of miles on the tower on the tires. So, great number one pick. Uh, Mari Cooper, I think, is in for a bounce-back year. Uh, he will command 140-plus targets, and I think he will catch or recapture some of that magic a little bit with old man, uh, with old man Gruden at the helm. Uh, after that, I got a couple of more stable high-end wide receiver two, uh, low-end wide receiver one receivers with Marvin Jones and Alshon Jeffrey. Um, not really much I could say. Jeffrey is a touchdown guy, not super high volume, but that being said, he's been a top receiver for years, and he did well first year on a new team, and I think he has plenty of room to improve this year if he's healthy. Uh, Marvin Jones, everyone's worried about Galladay. Uh, I actually watched quite a bit of tape uh, done by Matt Waldman on Galladay, which actually made me a little sad about Galladay. 
because uh, I realized how much of Galladay's minimal success was created by Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. But that being said, that's what they're there for, and I think Galladay will be a future good piece for me. And until then, Marvin Jones is that good piece, and I get a piece of that high-flying Lions offense from good old Jim Bob Cooter. So, uh, like I said, I also had Galladay. Those, those smooth routes are going to be just hot fire in the future, but I'm all right waiting it out till now, or until then. Uh, next up, Devonta Parker. Everyone's a little worried because the Dolphins are actually kind of trashing him a little bit after last year's puff piece, but I think they're actually just trying to motivate him. They're trying to say, oh, well, it wouldn't be a surprise if Albert Wilson moves to the outside. Well, have you seen Albert Wilson's uh, stats from last year? He had like 554 yards from uh, or receiving yet last year, and 300 something of those were after the catch. He's not an air yards guy, and he averaged something like 10 yards a catch and 3.5 yards a target. So I'm not really worried about him on the outside. It's just whether Parker can be healthy or not because he's uh, performed every year. That he's been healthy, and then he gets hurt, and he doesn't perform, and then he gets healthy, and he performs, and then he gets hurt. So, let's just see if he can put together a full season with Tannehill. Uh, next up, I got Corey Coleman. That's right. Former first-round pick of the Browns. I actually picked him up in anticipation that Coleman was going to get traded. So... Could still be right. He might end up in Dallas, and then I got some hot, sweet music coming my way. Uh, next up, we have Cortland Sutton. Futures pick. Next year, he's going to be Demarius Thomas. So, gosh, I just, I almost just want it to be next year because I'll be the champion, probably. And I'll have Sutton as a number one receiver who I got in like round. 16 or something and i'm just gonna be laughing all the way to the bank and then finally to uh round out my receiver core right now i have jamon moore uh, i'm not the biggest moore fan but he's the potential number three receiver maybe number two receiver for green bay uh he's been getting reps with the first team offense and he only has to beat out geronimo allison so i'm gonna take my shot on him moving on we have number two this was actually surprised me. I thought that I would put the Frenchies as number one. But after some trades, again, I could not do that. And this time it wasn't Frenchie trading himself out of the position. It was actually someone else just making moves like crazy. So without further ado, we have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Christian Kirk, D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief, and Jordan Matthews. So, everyone knows Nuke is number one, two, uh, best receiver. Either first or second best receiver in Dynasty. Don't really have to say much past that. Keenan Allen's PP mon PPR monster. Dude, just hit a whole nother level hat second half of the season. And we'll see if he can do it together for a full season. If he does, he is going to put up. Just prolific Antonio Brown numbers. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. Speaking of Antonio Brown, we got Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I honestly think that he is going to be a low-end wide receiver too this year. 
that you can also probably bet on when Antonio Brown is gone, him taking over as that guy, the way Antonio Brown took over for Mark Wallace. Um, After that, Christian Kirk, he'll take over for Larry Fitzgerald, and he'll be hot fire when he does. Uh, So right there, in the next couple of years, you're going to have four prolific pass catchers with two and a half as of right now. Uh, Jordan Matthews kind of throwaway. Moncrief kind of throwaway. D.D. Westbrook. I mean, you're taking a 50% shot at that Jacksonville receiving core, so uh, you have the best shot at hitting it than anyone else. So, <clears throat> excuse me. But the, uh, the real strength is just that top three of your uh, wide receiver pool. And finally, coming in at number one is Gary Gravelin again with Team Gravelin. God. Hurts me to say it. I honestly just, it came out of nowhere and I realized it. He might have a, his number one and two are not quite as good as Axel's number one and two with AJ Green and Devonte Adams, especially how I feel about Adams. But then his third is T.Y. Hilton and Hilton is a top 10 receiver with luck and luck is back. So I kind of had to give him the, uh, I had to give him the benefit of the doubt because he potentially has three top ten receivers. Uh, After that, you got Golden Tate, PPR man. Uh, He's going to be productive for the next couple of years. Nothing should change. His targets haven't changed. His production hasn't changed. He's always a mid-to-back-end wide receiver, too, but he's going to give you consistent production. Tyler Lockett, he has an opportunity to be in number two in Seattle. Uh, He flashed as a rookie. We'll see if he can put together a healthy season. After that, Kelvin Benjamin, guaranteed targets. Uh, he's fat. He's slow. He's plotting, but he's going to catch some touchdowns, and the ball's got to go somewhere. Uh, Cam Meredith, hopefully he could recover as well from this uh, previous injury last year. If he does, he could potentially be the number two wide receiver on a Saints offense led by Drew Brees, so need I say more? I don't really predict him to be that effective this year. I think it's going to take another year for him to come back. But I think he's a good piece, and I think he's a good wide receiver three for your team uh, in the future years. Uh, speaking of wide receiver threes, someone that goes under the radar a bit is Mohamed Sanu. This guy has turned into a slot master, and he he just puts up numbers from the slot, and then on top of that, if Julio goes down, this kid goes bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That's how bananas he gets. And then to finish out the receiving core, you have Albert Wilson and Taylor Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel, I don't really think much of him. He's going to have a couple big games, but other than that, he's going to be more or less useless in just depth. Albert Wilson could carve out a role as the slot receiver, heir apparent Jarvis Landry. Um, Dude's just good. I don't think he ever got a fair shake in KC. He will not be an outside receiver, though. That I can pretty much guarantee. Um, But he will be a good slot receiver if he gets the chance, and him and Tannehill click. So we'll see how that turns out. Moving on, we're going to go to tight ends. Ooh, yeah. So coming in at number 10, we have the 55s. Now... The tight end was a little harder to judge just because we all don't have very many, and a lot of the strength has to do with who your number one is. 
That being said, I think you're going to be highly surprised with this list, so that's exactly not true. Anyways, uh, Brian's got Jared Cook and George Kittle. I think Kittle's his best player. I think Cook's decent depth. Uh, Kittle's got some question marks, but man, the dude is an athlete. Athlete. If he can put it together in that offense, he can be decent. That being said, I don't know that many Shanahan tight ends that have done well. He, he really hasn't dealt with too many. He's been stuck with you know, people like Hooper and tight ends like that, so... Whatever. Uh, next, coming in at number nine, we have uh, I've Got a Feeling, <laughs> woohoo, uh, with Delaney Walker and Dallas Goddard. Uh, I actually am not the biggest fan of Delaney Walker this year. I think he's finally on the downturn, but that being said, you have Dallas Goddard. That being said, Dallas Goddard is not the starter. That being said, he will be great when he finally takes over for Zach Hurts. That being said... He's not doing that anytime soon, so that's why you're at number nine. Coming in at number eight, we have Team Gravelin. Again, following up at number one finish with a poor finish after that. Not a fan of Jack Doyle. Uh, I think he ends up being the blocking tight end more than the receiving tight end. Um, love OJ Howard, but I think his situation is just rough right now. There's a lot of mouths to feed. And I don't know the way QB and that offense is going to go. So, unfortunately, I think he's a lot of wasted talent right now. Uh, coming in at number seven, we have Shane, the Girly Gates. This is a hot friggin' take. Hot take. Because Zach Ertz is on this team. And I understand he is like the number three tight end right now. But... I'm sorry, the dude gets hurt way too easy. You have Austin Hooper. Crap. Come on. You have Jimmy Graham that you traded for. The dude's going to catch like 200 yards and five touchdowns. He's not going to be viable. Like, he's just junk. Junk. So... And then you have Hayden Hurst, and honestly, I just maybe I just don't know enough about Hayden Hurst. Uh, I think he ends up being more. They go with two tight end sets, and he's more the inline tight end. So I like I I don't love your depth, and I honestly think Ertz can't produce healthy wise. So I I don't think Zach Ertz is going to be on the team past this contract, and he may end up getting pushed back to number two tight end as soon as a year or two from now because I think Dallas Goddard's actually a better tight end than him. Um, But that being said, I'm probably going to look like a fool in your eyes, but we'll see how the numbers play out and stuff. I I don't see Zach Ertz putting together as good a season as he had last year and continue his health. Like, I, I think that's two things against him. Anyways, moving on, we have coming in at number six, Fear the Juice. Now, I actually struggled with this a bit. I wanted to put this team higher up, and I actually had them up higher up for a while, but uh, things got moved around, and I kind of looked at my, my rankings. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. So, um, anyways, uh, Greg Olson, 
fantastic this year, but the thing is there's a lot of pass catchers to feed there, and I understand he should be productive. But that being said, we don't know how it's going to shake out a little bit. Uh, Love and Joku, same thing, too many mouths to feed. Andrews, he might actually be the guy who's a better pass catcher than uh, Hayden Hurst. So overall, I think the team's better than the Ertz team because I think Olsen's not far off for Ertz. Uh, I think Njoku and Andrews kind of round out a better backup situation than the the girly gates. Uh, moving on, we have number five coming in. Number five, the Frenchieses, uh, with Evan Ingram and Kyle, the touchdown reindeer, Rudolph. Um, Evan Ingram, I think he's going to have a little bit of a down year. Yeah, he's going to lose a ton of targets. He wasn't very efficient last year with them. That being said, I think he's actually going to be more efficient this year because he's going to face far easier coverage. Uh, Hopefully he just increases his catch rate a bit with that. Uh, And as far as Kyle Rudolph, Kirk Cousins targets tight end. He's a tight end. Uh, He is old, though. I didn't realize how old he was, so... Um, I think if he was a little younger, you'd actually maybe end up in the three or four spot. But because of that, um, yeah, that's where I got you. So now we're we're coming to the point. This is the answer to the chat question I had. And uh, I'm going to say it right now. At number four, this means war. Dan Creek's team. I get it. You guys are thinking I'm crazy as shit balls right now. But I'm going to tell you right now. I know Travis Kelsey is like one of the best tight ends in the league right now. I think his best years are behind him. That's a weird thing to say. I get it. He's older than he seems. Um, He's had a productive couple of years, but he started out his career pretty underutilized. Well, he's now on a team with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and a better run game and a new quarterback who doesn't, we don't know if he targets the tight end as much. And this and this and this and this and this. I think this whole offense takes a step back this year. I think the efficiency takes a step back this year, but I also think that Kelsey is going to suffer a little bit. I honestly think he will not have as good a year as he had the last two years ever again. Hot take. I know. And then you got Charles Clay. He's just a guy for depth. Who cares? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm assuming you guys just thought these rankings would go with uh, uh, who the best tight ends were and the backups didn't matter. But that's not true. So moving on, uh, I'm coming in at number three. Um, this one's going to seem like a little bit of pandering to myself, to you guys. But, I mean, I honestly believe Hunter Henry is probably the best dynasty tight end right now if he wasn't injured. Uh, wasted pick because he got hurt, but he's younger than the top three guys. He's a, he, not only a big touchdown guy but he's also a yardage guy so he's he's kind of in that gronk mold whereas kelsey's always been a yardage guy same with Ertz a little bit and other players like uh, antonio gates and stuff were big touchdown guys well he can do it all and yes 
it sucks that he's missing this year, and I do give myself a little bit of a knock for that. But that being said, it's one year, and he's probably got five years of prolific play ahead of him, so can't really knock him too much for it. And then I somehow managed to get Ricky Seals-Jones, and I honestly think Ricky Seals-Jones can be a top 10 tight end this year, and I think he has the potential to be a top like seven tight end in the future. Uh, going forward, if it, everything clicks, uh, granted this is all projection, but um, the other reason I kind of put myself here is I see guys I like on the waiver wire, and I'm planning on playing uh, maybe that tight end game a little bit with streamers, and I think I could stream my way to a valuable backup if Seals Jones... But here's the thing. If Seals Jones falls flat on my face, then you can move me back. I'd probably be around like number five or six because I don't have the depth right now. But that being said, I think Hunter Henry is so prolific that I, I kind of had to put myself here. Uh, coming in at number two, we have the Americans. That's right. Spoiler alert number two. If I wasn't going to put Kelsey's team as the number one tight end, then you thought it was going to be Gronk, but it wasn't. I love Gronk. Gronk's amazing, but we don't know what he's going to be after this year, next year. And honestly, the gap between Gronk and everyone else has kind of dwindled down a little bit. On top of that, Gesicki is an athletic just man. He's just a beast. But that being said, he's still learning the position. And I don't think he's going to be entirely effective, especially on a team that hasn't really utilized the tight end well up until this point. So the depth isn't there. If maybe you had a little bit better depth piece, um, like a Howard and Joku or something like that, or Dallas Goddard, then you'd be back in number one because then there wouldn't really be much of a loss. But that being said... After Gronk, I think you take a little bit of hit, and I don't know if you have Gronk more than two years from now, or at least elite Gronk. So uh, without further ado, number one, believe it or not, is Team White. And up until this point, I think Chris has probably been sitting here listening to me going like, oh, this guy's full of shit. I ain't getting any respect. Bro, you just got some respect, all right? Trey Burton is going to be a target monster. He might not be the best tight end this year, but he's going to be a target monster top five tight end. And he's going to be that for quite a few years. On top of that, you have a tight end in Jordan Reed that if he stays healthy, he can neutralize those top echelon tight ends. On top of that, you have Jonu Smith, who I think is going to be a fantastic replacement for Delaney Walker next year. I think this team has the most depth. Ebron, whatever. He was a former first-round pick. He might turn into it. But between Burton Reed and Johnny Smith and then throwing Ebron, this team has so much tight end depth, and it's pretty much all quality now or in the near future. That That's my, my hot take. My tight end hot take is that Gronk and Kelsey do not occupy the one spot. And Kelsey will never have it as good a year as he's had before. And Ertz is going to be out in a couple of years max, and I don't think he puts together a healthy season. So hate me. Stop listening to me if you want on this. We'll smash your face into a car windshield and then take your mother Dorothy Mantooth out for a nice seafood dinner and never call her again. 
And then finally we come over to the defenses, which people don't really care about, so I'm just going to run through them real quick. Uh, as they're ranked, number 10 is This Means War. Number 9, Gra Team Gravelin. Number 8 is the 55s. Number 7 is I've Got a Thielen. Woohoo. Number 6 is... The Americans, number five is Team White. Number four is my team, Puppet Master. Number three is the Girly Gates. Number two is the Frenchies. And the number one defensive team is Fear the Deuce. There, that's it. Take it as you will. I don't want to talk about defenses anymore. And as far as the picks, some of you guys have some uh, extra picks that kind of added value, changed value the teams a little bit, especially the teams that needed to build for the future if they had picks or not. Um, myself, I actually gave myself a little bit of upgrade because I devalued the 2019 draft. So the fact that I have two firsts in the 2020 draft, I think that's actually better than having a first in each year. Anyways, uh, moving on, we've come to the main event, the thing you guys have been sitting around for, dear God, an hour 40 minutes already. I apologize. This will be the last long one we have since uh, every other podcast will have far less content. It's like doing Megalodons. I'm actually getting tired a little bit, and we had some technical difficulties with the, uh, with the uh, pad for a second, too, so we didn't have drops for a while, but... Thank you for sticking around. So let's, uh, without further ado, bring on the final segment, My Dynasty Rankings. Little Hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. So for the team rankings, I'm just going to go through an order, starting with uh, 10 all the way, counting down to number one, and then uh, give you a couple points on each team as I go along. So, starting off with number 10 comes in the Girly Gates, Shane's team. Sorry, bud. So, after some trading, your QBs are strong now, so that's a positive. Uh, I think Ertz is great, but I'm a little concerned about his health and what happens when the Eagles move on, so that's kind of a wash for me. And then two negatives are because of the trades you made to fix other positions, uh, you're pretty weak at running back, and then you're weak at your receivers outside of Julio, especially with the lack of youth on your team in that position. Coming in at number nine, we have... 55! So sorry, bad news, Brian, but uh, you got some, you got great QBs. I ain't going to take that away from you. Uh, I think some, like, even whatever points are that you got to... Uh, Young, re, uh, young running backs, but you're going to have to wait for them to break out and hopefully enough breakout, so it's kind of washed there. Uh, same with your receivers. There's a lot of potential, but, I mean, you got a lot of things that have to hit in order for it to happen. Um, basically, you have barely any proven production and scoring, uh, so you're going to probably end up bottom scoring this year out of the league. Grand total... Could be wrong, but that's just the way I see it. And then uh, positive is you got a lot of hype picks for the future. So uh, the fact is I think you're really built for the future. And I think that you have enough. You got a lot of picks, especially in 2020, 
to uh, facilitate doing that. And if you stick to it instead of just building for the future, I think you could have a real solid team in like two, three years. So coming in at number eight, we have... America! America! That's right, the Americans. So uh, first note is this roster is a negative is all over the place. I just, I don't understand it. Uh, on a positive note, you did recover from uh, some of the horrible QB draft uh, problems. Well, that being said, you have no depth that I would want. Um, if Gordon or Henry doesn't pan out for your team, like, where are you? I mean, you, it, it's just rough sledding if one or both those guys don't work and then uh on top of that uh two of your uh top players are limited with old age and they might not be effective past this year maybe a year after that so that's just how i feel on it so coming in at number seven we have team white chris white's team uh so the big uh negative on this team is they have a real mess at QB thanks to Winston, and uh, the depth is weak on the team. That's the other negative on it. Uh, but honestly, some of these players should prove to be better than they have before. Uh, some of your players are those guys that you really need to finally click, and I think a lot of them are actually going to. So uh, I'm not as worried about the depth as it, it seems, but that being said, the QB is the biggest issue here. Uh, so, coming in at number six, then, we have... That's right. I've got a feeling. Woohoo. And I gotta say, this team has got me believing that they're number six. So, first off... I do not know this man. I do not recognize this team one bit. And that's not really a negative, it's just an observation. This team started off as built to win now, and just somehow just morphed into built for the future. Now, that's not to say that they're not competitive now. I think they're actually pretty middle of the road as far as competing now. It's just their, their future is beyond bright. So uh, the QBs do need to pan out for this to work out. And I do believe in Rosen. Darnold, though, is the question mark. Trubisky's a question mark for me, even though most people don't seem to have any questions all of a sudden on him. Uh, but I will say that if these things happen, the future is strong with this Padawan. Next up, at number five, we have... That's right. Fear of the Juice comes in at number five. Now, right off the bat, the big thing is this team is strong now. They're built to win now. But it's all hinging on the fact that the QB2 needs to hit. Otherwise, it's kind of a waste of age being an older team on some of the higher-end pieces. Um, that being said, I also don't love the depth at running back on this team. Uh, but they will dominate defensively as they took three different defenses and all high end at that. So next up, we have Team Gravelin coming in at number four. 
Uh, Gravelin's got easily the best QBs and wide receivers for now and the future. But on the flip side, they are some of the bottom running backs in the league. Uh, after Lynch and Miller go their separate ways from their teams, I don't know who your number two running back is um, as far as the future is concerned. So what they do have, though, is a lot of pieces that they can move to get more running back depth or, depth, or at least youthful running back depth. And I think they're all right now to cover that shortcoming. But that being said, it's it's still sitting on the, the strength of the QBs and the wide receivers for this team. Next up, we have number three. This means war. Now, this is the juggernaut running back team, thanks to Clay. Oh, man. So, obviously, they have the best running backs in the league. Um, there are some questions in the air on the team, but there's plenty of potential as far as the receivers are concerned. Uh, tight end is locked up on the team, but I think his best years are behind him. The one uh, negative, though, would really be the uh, QB uh, position is really rough if Carr doesn't work out or is okay at best. Um, but the team strength, he can get by with it, I guess. Um, and then a positive is you have two firsts in 2019. Although they should be late ones, it could help a little bit with your QB depth, depending on how the draft goes next year. Um, but overall, strong team. Uh, next up, at number two, is my mortal enemy, the Frenchies. So, uh, I think Axel actually had a, a real shot at being number one, uh, especially with strength this year, as his tight ends are better than most. Uh, but then he traded away that strength a little bit at running back, so uh, positives from top to bottom. He's a well-balanced team, uh, and he has enough QB depth to handle, uh, to handle the drop when Cam inevitably starts failing him in fantasy because he is not a good quarterback, just a really strong set of legs, basically. Um, hate the trade, though. I mean, that really hurt your running back. Uh, upside is capped, your depth is capped, and if Howard doesn't work out, Cohen doesn't work out, Freeman, like, you don't have very much behind what you have, so, uh, the fact that you took two running backs from two other teams just to solid up a team's run game you already had a piece of, it just made no sense to me. But that being said, with uh, the strength of the wide receivers, the strength of the quarterback, strength of tight end, uh, running back should be serviceable for now. I think uh, overall the team's real strong, and then uh, strong defenses too. And this brings us to the final piece of our show, number one. Now, before you guys get uppity about everything... As far as like, oh, my team should have been number one. Oh, this, that, blah, blah, blah. You got to understand where we're coming from on the show. The number one team isn't just a team that is going to score the most points this year. They're not the team that is going to be the best team in the future. 
it's a mixture of both. You need to be relevant now. You need to have a clear-cut plan for the future to stay relevant. And then on top of it, I think something that is lost on you people a little bit is that we voted for a second flex spot next year. And what this does is increases the value of depth. Now, what I've noticed from most of your teams is you have some depth in certain spots. Not in every spot, though, with the exception of a few of you who just don't have depth to begin with. So, number one had to be a team that is going to have a legitimate shot at winning the title this year. Then, they need to have a legitimate shot of winning the title the year after when the league expands its starting rosters. And, frankly, no team, no team even came close in hitting both of those and and staying relevant for years to come. So Well we're waiting. Well, you've waited long enough. Number one is myself, your humble host, Jason Seplick, Bill Belichick. Puppet Masters. Now, this team had an amazing name with Saquon, my chocolate salty balls. But after such masterful, masterful chess while you were playing checkers in the draft, there was nothing else I could do but take on the moniker of the the most aggressive and ahead-of-the-game coach there is over the last 12-15 years in Bill Belichick, Puppet Master. So, let's break it down. First off, my team has one question mark, and that is quarterback. And the only question mark that comes with quarterback is injury risk. I don't play worrying about injury risk that much. What I play for is upside, and the fact is the quarterbacks have enough depth and enough upside that they will be near the top, not the top, but near the top with points scored in the league. The running backs, other than the charity franchise of Dan's team, thanks to Clay, is the strongest running backs of the entire league. I have three strong relevant starters and a fourth starter that people seem to doubt too much. And then on top of that, I could have the fifth starter in Jordan Wilkins. All I know is I have three top 12 running backs. I have one high-end receiver with another one potential to return to top 12. One that was top 12 again last year. So that's, that's three top 12 potential wide receivers. And then on top of that, the team is built with other potential and future 
Cortland Sutton's already getting rave reviews about how progress, how much he's already progressed in camp this year. Devontae Parker, I still want to believe on him, so I'm going to take that shot on him, especially when the alternative is, I, I don't know, friggin' Kelvin Benjamin? No, thank you. Then on top of that, if not for the injury, I believe the team has the best fantasy dynasty tight end in the league. I think Hunter Henry is transcendent because you've already heard my takes on Ertz and Kelsey and Gronk's not long for this world. In fact, Kelsey's, um, what, one year younger than Gronk. Ertz is up there in age. Hunter Henry is much younger, already established, and yes, he just had a bad injury. So sorry. It happens. But that being said, the potential of the backup with Seals Jones and what's left on the waiver wire, tight end's not a weakness on this team. Defense clearly isn't a weakness on this team with the Vikings plus the Texans as long as the Texans stay healthy. That being said, the Vikings are the anchor of this defense. I, From top to bottom, there's not a weakness on this team other than if too many players gets hurt. You could say it's the wide receiver too, but there's the established Lions receivers. One established, one is, is ascending. And then you have the resurgence of Amari Cooper possible. You have the potential of Parker. I mean, like, I... I, I, I will sit here and I will listen to the comments because you have that right as my faithful listeners and I do appreciate the comments that this is just misogynistic, self-serving, but it's not. I, I took an honest look at this team because beforehand I had myself as the number one running back team and I took an honest look and I bumped myself down. I took an honest look, and because of the injury to Hunter Henry, I bumped myself down in tight end. I took an honest look, and because of the trades, I bumped myself down in wide receiver. But the fact is, there's no holes on this team, so deal with it. So, in closing, thank you for listening to the episode. We appreciate it. We're still going to work on the format. Uh, I promise that this is the last super long episode. We just had a lot of content to get through on the first two. And uh, from now on, we'll clean it up. It'll be under an hour every episode. Um, if you have any concerns, comments, we're always looking to improve. Uh, you can contact me direct message on our group me chat. Or you can follow me on Twitter again at Football Goonie. And with that being said... We'll see you on the next episode of the Football Goonies podcast. And remember, Goonies never say die.
Who you talking about running your mouth like you know me? You gon' fuck around and chill while the show nigga call the show nigga. Why one on one you can't hold me if your last name was Hayden? Only when you were me, I just stitch my name on your pants. No resident of France, but you swear I'm from Paris. Hundred six carats, total all that's purpose. Tryna get purpose, my chain to your chain. I'm like Sprint or Motorola, no service out of your range. You're out of your brain, thinking I'ma shout out your name. You gotta come up with better ways and actions to get your pain. All that pressure you applying, it's time to ease off. Before I hit you from the box, I'm taking your sleeves off. As much as we lost, it's hard to please, boss. Don't be lying. Suck it up as a loss, cause your act is right, your whole label is right Matter of fact, I, 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 I hold that